Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. How you doing? Well, that's good. Flyers win. We are coming to you after a big Flyers win. They waited until, of course, they waited until, of course, Stephalicious D. Step Driver's birthday to put this one away. Wayne Simmons says happy birthday to Steph. And before we get started, I'd like to raise a gr- glass to my broadcast partner in crime, Stephalicious D. Step Driver. Steph. We've been doing this now uh, with Broad Street Hockey for a year, and we've you and I have been doing these shows together uh, longer than that, and it's been it's been great the whole way. Uh, you've been nothing but an awesome friend and an awesome partner for me. Uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. We've had some good times. Happy birthday, Big Flyers win. Now let's get into it. Let's start it off with the win, baby. Wayne Simmons coming through in the clutch. Some nice puck movement by Ivan Provorov to get the whole thing started uh, right at the onset of overtime. Sean Couturier makes a play to get the puck in the zone. He had the opening goal tonight. And uh, I got to say... it's a lot of fun. Uh, the the twenty eight ninety three fifty three trio uh, is is always great uh, in the uh, in the three on three. But to see someone else, but to see somebody else get it done, uh, Wayne Simmons win it, Sean Couturier make it all happen, Ivan Provorov out there uh, doing his thing as well. It is uh, it, it's it's just great to see this team coming together. I think. Uh, Claude Giroux, after the loss in L.A. the other night, said he thought the team played well and things are starting to click. Pucks just didn't go in. John Quick played a uh, a great game, of course. But uh, I, I start to see that happening right now. Your middle six is, uh, your middle six is still in flux, but um, the D is coming around. That first line is really starting to gain some chemistry. Oh, what's up, Rowdy? My puppy just joined me. Uh, the uh, that first line with Couturier, Giroux, and Voracek really st- starting to gain some chemistry, uh, make some plays together. It's fun seeing what they can do right now. Uh, their goal tonight 
was just absolutely perfect. Uh, you get the you get that first outlet pass by Claude Giroux. You get the uh, the power and the creativity of of Jake Voracek to get the puck deep into the zone, and then you get the you get the short side opportunity for uh, for Couturier right on the right on the doorstep to bang it home. That's what we've wanted to see out of that line, and it is starting to come around. Uh, the fourth line, of course, has been the pleasant has been the uh, pleasant surprise. Like, we knew it was an upgrade. We knew it was an upgrade over Belmar, Van Develde, and whoever the fourth guy was last year with Liebamov coming in and out of the lineup. But um, that fourth line with Lawton, Lear, and Raffle has just been a pleasant surprise. They are going to put a couple in soon. Uh, it's it's absolutely going to happen. They are going to have a big game, but they just continue to uh, get offensive pressure to not get trapped in their own end. And it's been it's been good. The middle six is still a little bit in flux. Uh, I, I'm going to get into that uh, in a little bit. But the the first and fourth lines are really starting to click, and it's been good. And I think the back end is coming together well as well. And that's where I want to start tonight. Travis Sanheim, uh, for those of you who joined me on Thursday night, Friday morning, whatever it was, uh, following the loss to the Kings, I said I really wanted to see Sanheim get an opportunity to bounce back. Uh, he played he, – he had an up-and-down debut – and was directly responsible for a goal and uh, was out there for, I believe, two against. And he just – he didn't play great. And in the third period, he started to settle down and started to play his game, and you just really wanted to see that carry over. And I think during the broadcast, he had the um, Geico quote of the whatever, and he said he wished, uh, following his debut, the next game had just started immediately following – the third period of the Kings game because he finally started to get settled and uh, feel good about uh, how he was playing and just felt comfortable out there. And he wanted, and it showed again tonight. Uh, the first goal against, he is definitely responsible, as were, I would say, uh, three of the four other skaters on the ice. The goal was scored at four on four. I believe Robert Haig did a decent job uh, tying up down low, and a couple other people just got sucked in. Uh, first, Jake Voracek chased down low, which you don't really like to see because who cares if the puck's tied up down there? It doesn't. It doesn't affect him. Not prying it loose that low only frees it up for the offense. I believe Al Morgani said something similar in between periods. What was the point of him uh, joining that? Just stick outside and be ready to pick up your man. Getting sucked in there is exactly how you lose a guy, especially at four-on-four with that much open ice. It's easy to find the uh, the soft spots in the zone, and that's what happened. Sanheim got caught puck-watching a little. He got sucked in too low as well uh, when, when the puck came out to the bottom of the circle. He crashed down, and the he's left the guy open in front of the net. And uh, Claude Giroux as well. He got sucked down into the into the fray, but bounced out, and he was high enough in the zone to see it all develop. And I don't know if he was or not. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm watching on TV like you guys. I don't know if he was or not, but it is his responsibility to see that all developing and say, hey, back door, back door, back door. He's got to be screaming to Sanheim. He's got to be screaming to Voracek. He's got to get the alert out there that um, 
he's got to he's got to be directing traffic a little. He's he's you know he's the veteran, he's the captain, but he's also just the high guy in the zone who it's all unfolding in front of him. He has a great view of the other you know seven skaters, and he he could see it all develop. And he needed to uh, he needed to be di- directing traffic a little out there. So blame to go around on that goal. But beyond that, the uh, the shorthanded goal against. I, they give up. They especially, I think, last year they gave up a ton of shorthanded goals. Um, they gave up a ton of shorthanded goals last year, and a lot of them were just on plays like that, uh, entering the zone or bouncing pucks at the point. Uh, teams are going to take those the other way. I believe they said that was Cam Fowler's fourth career uh, shorthanded goal. So a guy who's no stranger uh, to those situations, and he just put a rocket over over Elliot. That was a that was a hell of a shot to get that goal uh, to tie up the score. It was a real crusher, too, because Flyers just see, couldn't really seem to get anything going on the power play tonight. Um, the uh, God, uh, the Provorov goal was scored right after a power play expired, but wasn't officially a power play goal. But um, I'm really liking... What I'm seeing out of there, I damn it! I wanted to get to the defense, and I'm just I'm just freestyling here, and I, I keep forgetting what I'm doing. I'm talking about Travis Sandheim. Uh, yeah, Travis Sandheim looks like he's getting more comfortable. Uh, yes, he had the the one hiccup in the defensive zone, but it wasn't uh, the the Kings game. I can directly attribute that backdoor goal where he just got caught puck watching and flat footed in front of the net. I can say that was on him. This one tonight, sure, he's out there, and you want to see him pick up that guy, but I think there's blame to go around on that one. Uh, you saw him take a couple nice shots tonight, and he's just he's getting into it. He's getting into the flow of the game, uh, and he's, he's played two in a row now. Sam Moran has not drawn into the lineup, so I guess uh, when do they play next? Tuesday in Nashville. I assume the lineup will stay the same. Uh, they won tonight. They played a good game tonight. They seriously outshot the Ducks. Uh, I'm, I have the I have the box score right here somewhere, uh, but they outshot the Ducks by uh, quite a bit tonight. So it won't uh, won't surprise me if there aren't any lineup changes uh, heading into Tuesday. So if Sanheim. Yeah, the final shots on goal were 37 to 23 uh, in favor of the Flyers. They played a they played a high pressure game again and played very well for the majority of the game. A little bit of sloppiness, especially in the second period. Uh, the first, but they came away with the win. The first period was just wide open both ways, and that's what I like to see out of the Flyers. I like to see high event hockey out of the Flyers. Yeah, you're going to have some turnovers. Yeah, you're going to give up some chances, but I don't know if this team is sound enough defensively to to win low scoring games. So I love to see them open it up. Um, before they gave up the tying goal early in the third, they continued with the same pressure. They didn't. Uh, they weren't sitting back in the first couple of minutes of that third period, and that's what I really wanted to see out of them was to um, play their game. They play a speed game now. They play a we have to be on the attack. You don't want to be set up in your own zone. Breaking out of your zone is the hardest thing to do in hockey, so let's never do that. And uh, that's what I like to see tonight. Again, they won the shot battle 37-23. That shows some uh, shows a bit of uh, zone time domination, and that's what I like to see out of them. Uh, but, yeah, 
So uh, I guess we can assume Sanheim is here to stay. Uh, he will, I assume, stay in the lineup on Tuesday. Sam Moran, again, assume he will be heading to Lehigh Valley when the team comes back from this road trip and opens up their uh, the home portion of their schedule on Saturday uh, against the Washington Capitals. So that's solved. Uh, we were all worried about this thing and – Opening night definitely didn't do uh, didn't do much to ease our uh, ease our concerns when they dress uh, Brandon Manning over both Sanheim and Moran. But since then, it looks like they have a pretty decent defense out there. And one guy I got to talk about again is Andrew McDonald. Uh, he's he, the first night in San Jose. He was as bad as. Everyone says he sometimes I watch Andrew McDonald or like uh, perfect example opening night. I'm like, it's been a little while since I've watched the Flyers and I'm just thinking about all the time we spend criticizing Andrew McDonald. And I think there's no way he's as bad as we say he is. He just, uh, you know, it's the contract. It's wanting to see the kids. It's all of that. And, uh, overblowing past, you know, just mistakes because we're looking for him because we just like to criticize the guy. But then he comes out and has a performance like he has against San Jose, and you go, nope, he really is this bad. But uh, against the Kings, he played a very solid game. Again, I, I think I said on the last postgame show, if we, um, like, wait and adjust our, um, our observations and our uh, – our evaluations of Andrew McDonald, the way Charlie uses the uh, weighted and adjusted, like Corsi and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> McDonald's game against the Kings would be uh, Lindstrom territory if it was based on the Andrew McDonald scale. Uh, he played a good game until, of course, uh, the rush where he gave up the goal, the Carter assist. Uh, I, I, was it Trevor Lewis who scored, I think, uh, when he just – peak Andrew McDonald and starfished on the ice. But I saw Andrew McDonald make a couple of good plays tonight. I saw him actually contribute to um, – I just saw him have solid contributions. There was one play I noted on Twitter. Uh, Brian Elliott stopped a, uh, stopped a puck that was dumped into the zone, and McDonald played it from, uh, played it from Elliott off of Elliott's stick, and could have taken it behind the net and slowed it down and waited for help and handed it off or just dished it to a winger or gone D to D or something, and, you know, you still have to break out and get through the neutral zone and make two more passes if he does that. He turned right around off of the, uh, off of the, off of the play by Elliott and got it right up ice and made a pass right to a forward standing at the opposing blue line. Boom, zone entry. Boom, we've got pressure. It was a good play by McDonald. So I am sure over the next, what are there left, 79 games in this season, we will be doing plenty of Andrew McDonald bashing. I know for a fact I will be right here talking to all of you, bashing the alternate captain, Andrew McDonald. But for tonight, I will say he once again played at a level. Um, he played at an NHL level, which – I get as a backhanded compliment to say, hey, hey, he played at an NHL level tonight. I know that that's a backhanded compliment. But, I, like, our perception of him is so poor that I feel 
wrong not pointing out when he does things right because it's almost I hate piling on the guy because by all accounts he's a decent human being and obviously his teammates like him they vote him alternate captain he's respected in the locker room he's here because he's a veteran presence blah 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 we know all that stuff but through three games he's played one bad one one good one and one pretty good one so okay let's get to the next thing I want to talk about tonight before I start taking some of your questions sit McDonald play Moran I know Mike I know but it's not going to happen. They're not going to sit Andrew McDonald. They like him. They think he is good. So we have to live with it. I know it sucks. I want to see Sam Moran more than anybody. I am prepared for Sam Moran to be my favorite player on this team. He is the kind of player I love. But we're going to have to wait. Such is life. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about, how they're generating some offensive chances from below the goal line. I love it. We talked on BSH Radio a lot last season about uh, creating offense from behind the net, uh, using passes from below the goal line, using those uh, those short side plays where you, you're going to drop my iPad where all my notes are and need these. Uh, okay. Uh, we talked a lot about it. There. Um, the uh, the Voracek goal or the Couturier goal from Voracek was the perfect example tonight. Voracek is a guy who wraps the puck around a lot too. He he uses the wrap around quite a bit. So this was a nice play to just totally catch the defense and the goalie uh, flat footed. He's coming down the left side. He's uh, gonna wrap it around left to right and decides dish it back. Everyone's going one way. The puck's coming back out the other. Boom, Sean Couturier, anyone could have scored that goal, but I'm glad Couturier did because he really needed one, and it was the perfect example of what we want out of that line. Great first pass by Giroux. Voracek makes something happen, possesses the puck, gets it down low and dishes, and Sean Couturier gets to the net because that's why he's on this line. Sean Couturier is paired with these two, yes, because he's a good defensive center, yes, because he's a good puck possession player, he's a responsible center that you can give those first-line minutes to and not worry about, but he's paired with these two wingers because he can get to the net, and these two need a guy who can get to the net, and you saw it tonight, it worked out. Like I said, this line is starting to click. Um, Maybe it's not optimal to have these three together because of your middle six situation. It would be nice if Giroux and Couturier and Patrick all were on separate lines and you had those three centers down the middle. You weren't depending on Val Philpola. I'm going to get the Val Philpola, trust me. Um, <clears throat> but those plays from behind the net, you saw another one. The uh, – what was it? The, the, the Patrick to uh, the Patrick to Proverov goal. Patrick has the puck down low. Defense sucks down around him. Defense is collapsing, collapsing. Provorov just drops in. All of a sudden, everyone's got to turn around. And by the time they turn around, Provorov's shot is going by the goaltender. That's how you do it. That's how you generate offense. You have to, with all the shot blocking and the middle clogging, you have to treat defenses like goalies now. You have to get them moving. You have to stretch them side to side. You have to get them going. Everyone go this way, throw it back out the short side. You have to go, okay, I'm going to take it back. I'm back. I'm back. Boom, pop it back out to a pinching uh, to a pinching center or to a pinching defenseman. That's how you've got to generate uh, 
offense in this league right now with the way teams defend and just clog the middle of the ice and block shots. And they did that tonight. And there were a couple other opportunities. Uh, Nolan Patrick had a similar play uh, behind the net with uh, with about a minute left. I think he set up Konechny. It might have been um, it might have been Dale Weiss. I'm not sure, but I think it was Konechny. And uh, there was just a nice save made on the play, I believe. But it was just more generating offense from below the line. And you saw uh, Val Filpola have an opportunity almost like a shift or two before the Couturier goal, where Filpola had a wheel open in front as he was wrapping around, and he could have easily popped it back out, backhanded it to Wheel, and Wheel would have had a wide-open net. But Philpel wrapped all the way around and came out to the other side, and he's standing there at the circle and tries to center it and just turns it over. And it was just a weak turnover. And it, it was the overpassing, overthinking kind of hold the puck too long play that this team uh, that plagued this team in the L.A. game. Uh, but I liked, I liked what I saw. They made adjustment. It looked like they made an adjustment off of that play. After Philpola did that, all of a sudden they started going with those. We're not going to wrap it around. We're going to throw it back out in front. And they got a couple of good opportunities off of that. Uh, talked about the first goal of four on four. All right, yeah, let's get to Philpola and Weiss right now because I said the middle six is a uh, is is kind of in sham. Uh, maybe not in shambles, but the the middle six is in flux right now. You had the uh, the swapping of centers. Philpola uh, and and Patrick switched spots tonight, and I liked uh, I liked the idea of getting uh, Patrick and um, Patrick and Konechny together. But of course, they are still with Dale Weiss, and Dale Weiss is a drag on this team. And then Philpola hopping up with uh, Wheel and Simmons, and of course, you know Simmons made a play tonight in in a three on three overtime without either of those guys. Uh, but I wanted to check. Uh, let's see. Dale Weiss played nine minutes tonight and had – where'd he go? Dale Weiss has all zeros across the board. No goals, no assists, no points, even rating, no penalty minutes, zero shots, zero blocks. Uh, yeah, no giveaways, no tagaways. So he just played nine minutes of invisible hockey tonight. Dale Weiss is an invisible man. He doesn't get time on the power play, and he doesn't get time shorthanded. I would absolutely love to see Yuri Laterra make his season debut in that spot because there's no way he's worse. Dale Weiss is a drag on this offense. He just does nothing. He played nine minutes, had zero shots on goal tonight, did nothing to help anybody. Uh, he he. He just doesn't – he's not a contributor. Uh, let's see here. Val Philpola played 18 minutes and 42 seconds. Uh, three minutes and 50 of those were on the power play. He had – where are the shots on goal? Philpola in 1842 had one shot on goal. So between the two, you've got, you know, almost 30 minutes of ice time. Half the game between the two and one shot. One shot. I know Philpel is a, you know, he's a playmaker. He's a pass first kind of guy. But, man, you got to, like, someone has to shoot the puck on this team. And I liked overall, after the Kings game, where all they did was overpass and overthink, they had a shooting mentality tonight, and that's how they came out and, uh, you know, put 37 shots on net. But, uh Man, Philpla and Weiss are just dragging teams down at that at this point. It's 
or they're dragging the team down at this point. They're not contributing to the offense. And when you see Dale Weiss, it's the hard it's and they're the guys that things are as we believe, not optimal for. Philpola needed to play center, so and we needed to figure this out with those three centers. So Giroux's playing wing. And, you know, Oscar Lindblom couldn't be on a wing because we've got Giroux and we've got Weiss in those left wing spots. These are the guys that we're going to look for the holes in their game. And maybe it's not right. There are other guys who make mistakes. But it's not even like these two are making mistakes. They're simply not doing anything. I can deal with mistakes if you're trying to make a play. Like I said, the, the Giroux and Voracek turnover for the shorthanded goal tonight, it sucks. I don't want to see it happen. But I'm going to live with it because those two guys make plays, evidenced by their goal tonight. I need this. I just am not seeing anything out of Philpola and Weiss. They are just non factors out there now they're split up and so i uh, don't want to focus too much on it but it's bothering me they won the night hip hip hooray uh you know free hockey's always great we got the old saturday night game tonight but uh it these two are just they are dragging the offense as far as i can see that first line and that fourth line are great that middle six is in upheaval because those two have contributed close to nothing through three games uh, a couple more things I wanted to get to before I start fielding some of your questions. Um, yeah, I liked I liked that uh, Couturier, Simmons, and Provorov started overtime tonight. Um, I guess with your uh, maybe you're playing matchups. Um, uh, Anaheim is the home team, so they get. They get to put their guys out second. So maybe you're just looking, okay, we're they're going to put their best players out. Uh, let's get let's get this uh, trio out there, and then let's save the the uh, Giroux, Voracek, Gostas Bear trio for um, for the second shift. Gostas Bear had already gotten onto the ice by the time uh, by the time they scored the goal to win it tonight. So it looked like maybe that's what they were doing, matching, but. Um, I liked it. I, I, I think it's a decent strategy, especially on the road. And it's not like last season. That's what I'll say. Uh, and it's not like since the beginning of three-on-three three where the Flyers seem to just be wasting time until they can get 28-93-53 on the ice. Uh, they are actually able to create offense. Sean Couturier getting more and more confident on offense. Uh, scored the goal tonight, but the numbers haven't quite been there yet. But you can just see – it's coming for him. Uh, he's de- he's 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 making stuff happen. He's getting opportunities. He's setting people up. Uh, I, I see more numbers coming for Couturier. Again, we're only three games into the season. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for me to take your questions. I got through everything I wanted to get through. What do we have going on here in the comment section? <sighs> Philp and Weiss both bother me. Me too, Dwayne Duncan. Philp uh, will start to put up assists. I don't. Maybe, but he had. I'm not saying it. Uh, he and I liked Philp a lot last year, and uh, we talk about him on uh, on BSH Radio all the time. And I have been a Philp defender through this off season. Um, 
my co-hosts not so much. I liked what I saw. Charlie doesn't like his numbers, um, his his uh, advanced numbers that much. Um, I liked what I saw eye test wise. Steph and Kelly have been uh, they have been critics of him, not so much his play, but just his role on the team. And as we are uh, getting into it, you kind of see their point. What is he doing? Like, why is why does Philpola need to be a center? if Giroux is going to be a winger. Uh, but uh, it's all about conserving Giroux, and I have to say, um, maybe it's health, maybe it's the move to wing, maybe it's just early in the season and his legs are fresh, could be any number of things. But Claude Giroux looks like a different guy. Uh, a couple of years ago, he just won every shift. He went out, and it was like his his line got three shots, and every – not even just 50-50 pucks, 60-40 pucks were Claude Giroux every time. He just went out and was the better guy. And over the last two years, you started to see him drag a little, and it just wasn't the same. And maybe it's the uh, the extra space playing wing and not center and Couturier taking, doing some of that dirty work. Uh, maybe he it really was just health, and he's finally healthy. Uh, Giroux said he was actually able to – you know, work on his explosiveness and be in game shape uh, coming into training camp this year rather than having to rehab all summer. And then you're using training camp, you know, to get your your hockey legs under you. He was already ready to go. And you can see at the start of the season now, he looks like uh, he's he was ready to go. So uh, it's not ideal, but if it's what they have to do to get the most they can out of Claude Giroux, it's worth it because – Claude Drew is the highest paid player on the team. You need him to put up the numbers. All right, let's start looking at some more of your questions here. Might be too logical, but it would be nice to see Weiss go down in order for Lindblom up. <sighs> hmm. Go down to the AHL. I don't know if he'll get sent down. Laterra makes a lot more. Would somebody claim Dale Weiss? No, right? I don't think so. What's he at? 2.35 million cap hit for this year and two more? Eh. He might be a candidate to go down. I expect Lindblom, I, I think I said it uh, last show, I expect Lindblom up after Christmas. Uh, that's what I think uh, right on that, uh, right when they're going out west when Disney on ice is in Philly and they do that uh, West Coast swing again, I think Lindblom will be up here and he'll play well enough to stay. Is Weiss a candidate to go down? I'm not sure, but the fact that I don't think anyone would claim him off waivers is uh, is a possibility. But I just want to see Yuri Letera in the lineup uh, on Tuesday because he has to be better than Dale Weiss. Dale Weiss, Dale Weiss I'm going to start calling him Weiss again. Dale Weiss is giving you nothing. All right. Bill, how do you rate Ghost and Hog tonight? Hog. How do you rate, rate Ghost and Hag tonight? Uh, Ghost and Hag, um, third time's a charm there with the name. Ghost and Hag were solid. They're getting used to each other. They're coming together. Um, I like Hag's game. He does – They. it's a cliche because they're saying it nonstop, but Hag is doing a lot of subtle things. He's just – when a guy needs to be pinned along the board so someone else can come and make a play on the puck, he's doing it. Uh, when there's an assignment down low, he's covering it. Uh, he, he stepped up and I think had a nice one-timer at one point tonight, uh, made a couple of nice plays from the point. 
All these guys are going to be getting their feet wet. Uh, I love what I'm seeing out of Ghost right now. He's making plays left and right. The mistakes are going to stick out for Ghost. They always will. Do not let yourself judge Ghost by his mistakes because that's what Montreal did with P.K. Subban. Of course the mistakes stick out because he's the guy carrying the puck. He's the guy doing – he's basically playing point guard out there when he's on the ice. Uh, it's almost like having a second center with him out there with the amount he uh, you know, carries and distributes and gets involved in the offense. But the mistakes will stick out. The turnovers and things like that will always stick out because he's the guy with the puck on his stick. Of course he's going to turn it over. He's got the puck on his stick a lot. Turnovers happen in this league. But the good plays will always outweigh uh, the negatives. Uh, with Ghost, as far as I've seen so far. So don't let yourself judge Shane Gossespierre based on the mistakes. Point out the mistakes. Of course, criticize them. Say, hey, man, you can't make that play. But also tell them you can't – it's not that you can't make that play. I, I, I retract that. Say, you have to make that play. We'll live with the risk-taking and all that, but you have to make the play. We can't – you're the guy out there, man. That's why we gave you the contract extension this summer. We believe in you. You have to go out and make the play. When you make the mistake, it hurts us. But at the end of the day, you live with the mistakes because of uh, his his just overall upside and potential. Got to take another sip here. Happy birthday, Steph. All right, let's get some more. Sam Lindlum, if the Flyers waved Weiss, I bet Canadians pick him up. That would be funny. Uh, that would be great, actually. Here, take him. If someone wanted to claim him, go ahead. That's the thing is I'm saying he's a candidate to go down because I don't think anyone would take him because that's how management thinks. Management doesn't want to put an NHL player on waivers if someone else is going to claim him. They don't want to lose somebody for nothing. Um but me, personally, they lost him for nothing. I'm not not going to lose sleep over that a little bit. 5-on-5 <laughs> five five as bad as last year. Um, the 5-on-5 five five scoring hasn't quite picked up yet, but their play at 5-on-5 five five is so much better uh, than, than it was last year. I love what I'm seeing. And um, their, their speed... While the scoring isn't there at 5-on-5, their speed and playmaking ability at 5-on-5 is uh, it's drawing penalties, and it's creating opportunities for that power play. It's like getting guys on base for your power hitter. Sure, power hitter is going to strike out, but you want to get guys on base for him because three-run home runs are cool. And that's what that's what this five that's what this team is going to be about until further notice is uh, pressuring the defense into taking a penalty so that they can get that power play on the ice because the power play is good. Uh, it again, it doesn't always put up the numbers, but it is good. It has been successful over the long term. First unit is figuring some things out right now. Second unit has been very good uh, through three games. Did I imagine it, or did they use Roffle on the power on the penalty kill tonight, Chris Baud? Uh, let me check, Chris. I didn't, um, I didn't notice, but they may have. Uh, yeah, Michael Roffle got 38 seconds of uh, penalty kill time, and the Ducks only had two power plays. So, yeah, they actually used him a decent amount. Uh, 
They actually used him a decent amount on the penalty kill, which they need to. I have never understood their reluctance to use him on uh, on either special team side of the puck. I've never understood why he can't get himself uh, on the second power play unit or why he can't especially be used. He, 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 you'd think he was the perfect candidate. His um, His just responsibility and his – prowess as a checking winger you'd think he'd be a good candidate for it and he has played some center so you're not afraid of the uh the defensive zone face-offs which is a big thing now because guys get tossed out of the circle all the time but they used him on the penalty kill tonight and hopefully it's something they continue to do going forward any chance they get Provorov on the top power play unit maybe go three two who are you taking off um I talked about that this summer. We discussed it on BSH Radio. If you put um, Ghost in the uh, Voracek spot, that I would, I would definitely consider um, going with the three-two. If you're not going to use a Raffle and you're not going to use a Limblom in that Braden Shen spot that Valtteri Filippo is in right now, I would like to see uh, set up as. Provorov at the top of the point with Gostas Bear in that Voracek spot and then Voracek in the slot. And then you have a lot more rotation. You have a lot more movement. Uh, it's not like Provorov uh, doesn't give you some offense. He's got a nice shot, as he showed you tonight. He's definitely getting more confident offensively. Uh, him carrying the puck uh, from his own end into the offense to start overtime tonight, evidence of that. I would definitely consider uh, going 3-2, especially if Philpola continues to give you nothing because you don't have that, you don't have that fourth forward who's, a, who's a, like a competitive advantage on the power play like you did last year. Like last season, when you have Drew Voracek, Shannon Simmons, who are you taking off? Uh, but now that they don't have Braden Shen, I would absolutely consider it especially if you want to get maybe Travis Sanheim a little bit of power play time. Uh, you put him on that second unit, and that makes everyone better. That makes both units better in my eyes. So, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't mind it at all. You're calling me, you're calling me daddy? Don't do that. That's weird. Where are we? Who starts in net versus Nashville? Don't doesn't really matter, but I hope Noivy. Uh, Noivy played great. I am really surprised not to uh, not to have seen him tonight. He was really good in LA. Maybe they're going to go back and forth to start the year and wait for someone to really uh, take the job or wait for someone really to fall apart. Uh, keep them both fresh. Just keep going back and forth. Uh, we'll see. Uh, right now, I would guess Neuvert because that's how they've done it for the first three is every other. So it would be Neuvert's turn. But um, it's Haxtell. You never know what he's going to do, especially with the goalies. As soon as you think you know what he's going to do with the goalies, he changes it. As soon as you think you have all the answers, Haxtell changes the questions. All right. Uh, how was our power play so effective in the first game but really quiet recently? Power plays are streaky. Um, 
And, like, L.A. is a clogged the middle team. They were just a big-body team. And you can't always judge it on the goals. I know their job out there is to score the goals, but if they're getting pressure and moving the puck, um, you know, it's a good thing. And they did basically have a power play goal tonight. The second unit uh, scored a, a second after uh, a penalty expired. So that is essentially still a power play goal, even though it doesn't go in the books as one. It's going to be up and down. Power plays, it's – it's a streaky thing, and when they're good, they're good. Like that first night, they come out and go three for three in their first three opportunities. So it's that's the way it's always been with this team. Um, it can carry them. When it's hot, it will carry them. Ultimately, Provorov needs to be in the top power play unit. I love Ghost, but Provorov is by far our best defenseman. <sighs> Yes, but he's not the best power play quarterback. Shane Gostisbehere, that's his role. Uh, Ivan Provorov is maybe your best overall player, but that doesn't mean he's the best at getting shots through to the net. That doesn't mean he's the best at playing uh, playing catch with Giroux. It's, it's, it's a role thing. It's not just about who the best overall player is uh, when you're in basically your, your, you know, your one-third ice set. It's it's not you're not worried about who the best guy in the neutral zone is. You're not you're not trying to break up entries. You're not trying to staple Corey Perry to the boards and uh, strip him of the puck. It's it's about a lot more than that. And a ghost is never going to come off that top power play. Not for not for any extended period of time. I don't think that that's his job. Ghost's job is to be that guy at the top of the power play. Bill, I don't care what people say. Your stash looks awesome. Mike, thank you. But guess what? I think it looks ridiculous. And, and I honestly only have it because it pisses off Steph. We went and did the 700 level show, and I showed up with the mustache uh, just to piss off Steph. And <laughs> the response to it overall has been very positive. Uh, some people think it's a little weird. I'm one of them. But other people seem to like it, so it's going to stay uh, at least until next Friday when I go to a Halloween party. It's going to stay. Uh, Bill, we need to talk Provorov. He was a beast again. This is what we expected out of Provorov. We drafted Provorov to be a number one defenseman, and he is becoming a number one defenseman in front of our eyes. He is excellent. He is supposed to be excellent. That's why he's here, but it is nice to see um, – it's nice to see the first of that wave. Because Ghost is previous regime, Moran and Haig are previous regime, but uh, Provorov is the first of this wave to come up, and our first look was positive. And he looks like he's turning into a true number one defenseman, and that's what this team has craved for so long. Like, in their history, they've only had a couple. In the 40-plus or the 50-plus year history of this team, they've only had a couple. So uh, it's it's nice to see him developing into what he developed, he's developed into so far. Only hope to see it keep going. Just I really want to see this kid become Duncan Keith, become Drew Doughty. Uh, it, that would just be absolutely amazing to watch. How many years till Provorov wins Norris? They got to be a cup contender. I, I think I joked last show. I, I said if he wasn't paired with McDonald, he'd already be a Norris contender. But honestly, when you look at the guys who win Norris, they're the number one defenseman on cup contending teams. So that's what he's got to be. He's got to be, unless he puts up, you know, insane numbers 
like Eric Carlson, and Eric Carlson by himself, you know, uh, makes makes Ottawa a playoff team. They got to the Eastern Conference Final last year simply because Eric Carlson was the best player in the ice for most of the playoffs. Uh, but you have, unless you're putting up the insane Brent Burns, uh, Victor Hedman style offensive numbers, you just have to be, you know, the number one defenseman on a cup can cup contending team and do it consistently because no one wins it the first year they deserve it. That's the thing. It's it's like the I think I heard somebody compare it to a uh, Pro Bowls the uh, and like MLB All Star games. Like guys, so many guys get in an MLB All Star game or a Pro Bowl the year after they deserve it. Like and it, it's kind of like that. Like you have to build the reputation first. So it'll be a little bit, but. Well, don't worry. Provorov will get his due, and this entire team will develop. Uh, if Provorov's development has told me anything, it's to have a little bit more faith in uh, Hextall, because watching this kid play, he is unbelievable. Cup champs in 2020. Hell, if they're not locked out, why not, right? If there's, Here you go. Cup champs 2020. I love it. Mm. That's the one thing about the stash. I just feel like there's always – stuff in it and every time I drink something it's soaked I feel like my dog when your dog goes and drinks water and then comes up to you and his face is soaked and you're like yo bro come on uh, you're, you're slobbering all over me I feel like that's that's like what I got going on but other than that you know it's great um who we got here Raffle is a beast possession he is he's great at it Um, why is Philpola on the first power play unit? He had almost four minutes power play time and had no shots in a shooting position. Maybe move Ghost into the slot. Yeah, it'd be nice. Um, I'm, I'm done bashing Philpola for the night, but yeah, he's, he's not made for that spot. The one thing I will say uh, about it, and you saw it come into play tonight, with the stricter face-off rules, I think they like having two centers out there. Um, it's kind of why I think Couturier's still on the, uh, on the second power play, I think having him and Patrick out there is what they want to do. And having Drew and Philpola out there both able to take faceoffs. And it happened tonight. Drew got tossed from one. Then Philpola wins the faceoff. They get a shot, come back for another faceoff, and Drew said, you take it again. So I think that's what they want to um, – I think that's an underrated part of it is, like, they like having two centers, especially now with the uh, – with the stricter face-off enforcement. Uh, where we got? Who was the D-man with Simmer and Coots in overtime? Provorov started with them and uh, made a nice play to get everything started, but um, Gostas Bear had taken his place by the time they actually scored tonight. Um, he might not even touch the puck. He might have just literally come onto the ice. I think he had just come into the screen um, when they're making the play on uh, on the left wing side to get the puck down low to Simmons uh, for when he scored the goal. All right. Uh, Roddy Piper. Yeah, man, that's what I – you got my Roddy Piper reference. How far am I behind in these comments? Jesus, I always get so fucking uh, – I'm not supposed to curse. I always get so far behind on these things. Uh, do you think this was Patrick's best game of the three tonight? He's looking good. Absolutely. 
Nolan Patrick's going to get more and more comfortable. Uh, he was never going to be Connor McDavid. He was never going to be the guy who immediately flashed. Um, it, it's going to take some time, but it's going to be worth it. He's going to come around. He's getting more and more comfortable. You're seeing it. He's, he's creating opportunities. Uh, the, the play from behind the net tonight, just perfect read. It was a perfect read. Uh, defense sucked down. Started collapsing down low. Provorov comes in. He just gets the puck to Provorov. Blast. Before the defense can turn around, Flyers have a goal on the board. It was, uh, it was, it was a good read, and that's what he's best at. He, 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 um, he's going to be a really good distributor for this team. and uh, He's got a good heavy shot. He's got a nice shot that uh, we haven't really seen much of yet, and I think that's going to be a comfort thing too. Uh, I think he's going to get more and more comfortable, and I want to see – I want to see them stick, uh, connect me with them. I want to, I want to stick with that line for a little bit and see what they can create together as a, uh, as a pair because they're similar players, even though they almost play different styles. Connect me uh, depends a lot on his speed, but uh, he, he's he's good down low as well. He's a good four checker and uh, he, he's a he's a really good playmaker. Patrick, not nearly, you know, doesn't nearly have the wheels, but good puck possession player. Again, good down low, wins battles, and gets to the net. I want to see what those two can do together. I just wish to to whoever is listening to get Dale Weiss out of this rotation. He doesn't belong. He is dragging the team. Okay. Actually, Bill, what do you think of Lawton after he kind of fell off the face of the earth? Do you think he'll rebound? Loving Lawton right now. Uh, they spent a year. Uh, they spent a year basically breaking Lawton's game down and rebuilding him. They said, "Kid, I know that you have been a you know first line type skill player your whole life, but that is not what you are going to be in the NHL." And they broke him down in the, in the AHL. They didn't even give him power play time. Um, they made him a four, they made him you know that that checking center. They made him kill penalties and. Uh, He's rebuilt his game. Uh, he is in a great role right now. Uh, maybe one day he'll climb in the lineup a little, but honestly, I don't want him to because he's performing. He is performing better than he ever has in orange and black. Uh, and that fourth line, I can't go on enough about him. They have been a pleasure to watch uh, Lawton centering Lear and Raffle through the first part of this season. Since the par- comparisons are going to be in- inevitable, How's Patrick looking compared to Nico? Nico's flashy, man. Nico does a lot of good stuff, and uh, Nico's good. There's a reason he went one. But they're different players, and uh, Patrick's going to take a little bit longer, I think, to get comfortable. I don't, I don't exactly know what it is about Patrick, but it just seems like he's got to build to it. Like he's going to be uh, – maybe it's because he doesn't have that uh, great – he doesn't have great speed. So he's got to get comfortable figuring out what he can do at this level, not having the advantage of being bigger and stronger than everyone that he did, you know, um, for most of his life. Nolan Patrick is, uh, he's a big dude, man. He's, he's 6'2", 198 at 19 years old. His whole life, he's been bigger and stronger than everyone, and that's been a, that's been a great advantage for him. Now you're in the NHL where the Jordan Wheels and the Travis Konechny's are, 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 are strong dudes. And you're, you're out there against, against you know, the Corey Perry's of the world. He was, they were matching up Joe Thornton with him 
the Sharks were the other night. So it's just uh, it's going to take some getting used to for him, just figuring out what his game is at this level. Um, but he'll come around, and we will all be very happy that uh, we got Nolan Patrick with the second overall pick at the 2017 NHL entry draft. Uh, if you had to take a guess, where do you see the Flyers as cup contenders? I, just, I say four to five years. I say less. Two to three, man. As soon as the kids start getting here and uh, they have, they still have some of their veterans performing, four to five years in the NHL is forever. I mean, that could uh, – Mark Friedman will be here. Like, who knows what this team's going to be in four to five years. Um, two to three, when the McDonald contract is up, uh, Reed is going after this year. The Weiss contract is up um, two seasons after. The, yeah, Weiss and McDonald come off the books at the same time. So I think uh, I think once all those pieces fall fall uh, fall into place is when they'll really start to you know push to be Stanley Cup contenders. <laughs> the Flyers will be prepared. Prepa- okay, stop watching then, Sam. Coots had two points and was a plus three tonight. He's getting comfortable in this top center role. He is. That line was going to take some time too, man. It's, this is, it's game three. I know we were all disappointed that, you know, it doesn't look like Moran made the team. Sam, Sanheim didn't dress uh, opening night. Limblom got sent down. There's always things to be disappointed about. But when, when Haig makes it and Lear and Lawton make it and we have new faces – in different places like Nolan Patrick, we have Jeru moving the wing. We have all these and Brian Elliott net for two of the first three games. He's got to get his communication. He's got to get comfortable with the defenseman in front of him, the system in front of him. It's going to be a learning process for this first part of the season. And being two and one through three games is good. Well, that's good. All right. Uh. Good work by Flyers organization on restructuring Lawton's game. Absolutely. Uh, Hextall, during intermission of one of the uh, one of the preseason games, actually said, like they asked him about Scott Lawton, and he actually said, for a little while there, I was mad at Scotty. And it was, you could tell there was, there was a disagreement about who Scott Lawton was. Lawton still thought of himself as a top six forward, and this organization said, nah, bro. And to Lawton's credit, yes, maybe he resisted at first, but he learned this is how I'm going to make it in the NHL, and you're looking at his game now and going, damn, looking pretty good out there, Scotty. Granted, you don't want a – it sucks that a first-round pick turns out to be a fourth-line center. You always want more out of your first-round picks, but – not everybody is going to be Claude Giroux. Not everyone's going to be Ivan Provorov. Uh, you got, you got now. You you got more out of Scott Lawton than you ever thought you were going to. Now you got an NHL contributor, um, which is not something you looked like you were going to have a year or two ago in him. So it's good to see that he he transformed his game, took to the coaching, and became uh, became what he's become. Lear has been fun to watch. He's smaller, but isn't afraid to get in front of the net in battle. His, oh, the speed on that fourth line, the penalty kill, I love. I really enjoy watching that line play. Can't wait to see them. Can't wait to see them score. Goalies don't hit their prime to their late 20s, early 30s, so Lion and Hart need to build. You never know about that. Everyone's different, and if the team's good in front of them, 
You never know who this, who the goalie is going to be. All the goalies could fall off, and they could have every other piece in place, and then they could go buy a goalie because they'll be able to. So you never know. Wayne is the Flyers' best pickup of all time from that trade. Uh, yeah, that trade is really good, man. Um, and he's kind of throwing. I always call Wayne Simmons the um, the John LeClaire of that trade. Uh, when the Flyers acquired John LeClaire, they were really acquiring Eric Desjardins. And uh, LeClaire was just, you know, a nice player. And um, came here and became, you know, a 50-goal scorer. And that's how I see Wayne Simmons. The Flyers were acquiring Braden Shen, you know, the uh, best player not currently in the NHL, Braden Shen. Remember that? Yeah, uh, they were acquiring Braden Shen, and Wayne Simmons was kind of the extra guy. Like, yeah, give us Simmer, too. Uh, so that, that was a nice uh, – was a hell of an acquisition. Uh, Holmgren made good trades. It was his contract. Holmgren made great trades. Uh, did the Moose Jaw Warriors win tonight, Bill? Uh, you know why I love Moose Jaw is um, Billy in Slapshot. Uh, during the um, uh, shit, during the uh, fashion show scene, uh, he goes out, and there's. If I'm reading this correctly, from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, and I just it's it always makes me laugh. Uh, Bill, I know this is random, but do you see Johnny Hockey rocking orange and black down the road, or someone of his playing style? It would be awesome. Let's just for funsies check out. what his contract situation is. Calgary Flames. Johnny Goudreau is signed through 2021-22. That's a $6.75 million cap hit. Uh, so he'll be tough to acquire. He'll be expensive. And um, I don't know why the Flames would let him go. He's really good. Um, but I'd love to see it, man. I mean, hell, yeah. I'm, I I played my youth hockey at Hollydale. You can see my I'm, mirror effect. So here, you can see my Clearview jerseys behind me, man. I'm all about Johnny Hockey and uh, the Hollydale connection. But um, it's fun, just like the Mike Trout stuff. But why would Calgary give him up? Hell, if they're willing to, yes. But I don't see it. Do you think Hextall will move some of the depth in the prospect pool to make a cup run sooner? Uh, sooner as in when? Um, I could see him making a trade this year, um, maybe with picks. You know, they have the extra first-round pick from the Braden Shen trade, stuff like that, and some of the lower prospects maybe to go out and acquire a goal scorer or a goaltender or whatever the hell they might need at the deadline. Um, but like a big move to go out and get the, you know, to go out and get the Marion Hosa, to go out and get the Phil Kessel, that kind of deadline move, I think you're still a couple of years away from that. But they have the assets. God knows they have the assets. With the prospect pool they have and all the picks and everything they've got, if they need something, they have the assets. I just don't know if it's, time yet but that's up to the team if he's going to do it this year 
if they are a cup contender, Hextall will do it. I fully believe that. Uh, it goes back to a couple of years ago when he didn't make a trade at the deadline because he didn't sell. And Hextall is all for selling. He will sell. Um, but he didn't because they're on a little bit of a run at the end, and he said, I owe it to the veterans to make a run. So I see, you know, if it's this year or next year, Hextall saying, I owe it to Giroux, I owe it to Voracek, I owe it to Simmons, I owe it to these guys to uh, to go out and get someone if it seriously increases their chances. So it's up to the team more than anybody. Looking ahead to the home opener with Washington, Ovechkin's on fire. We have a young defense. Can we contain him? Uh, probably not, but hopefully they can outscore him. I mean, that's that's the name of the game right now. Um, limit You contain Ovechkin first and foremost by staying out of the penalty box. You uh, stay disciplined and really limit their – really limit their power play opportunities, and that's the first way to try to defend Ovechkin is don't give him those extra man opportunities. And from there, um, take away everybody else. Duh. On on the power play, I always thought you defend Ovechkin straight up. Put a man on him, shadow him, tackle him, bite him, whatever. Bring a gun out and shoot him. Like – Whatever you have to do to take Ovechkin away on the power play, you do and play four on three on the other side of the ice. Whatever you got to do. Um, the rest of the game, I honestly would treat Ovechkin. I mean, you don't let him go, but it's um, it's Allen Iverson syndrome. You um, take away everyone else, and if he has a hat trick and loses five to three, you play good defense. Do I think Lawton can be in second or third liner in upcoming years? I doubt he ever cracks the first or second line, third maybe, but they have so much, man. Like, they have so many uh, pieces. I mean, German Rubsov is not here yet. Uh, you know, guy, guys like Morgan Frost aren't here yet. Uh, they have so many pieces that, that uh, Lindblom's not here yet. They can just kind of have good players on every line. Uh, you know, Vecchioni's not here yet. They drafted Ratcliffe. Uh, I mean, Mikhail Vorobiov is really good. He's with the Phantoms this year. He's going to get first-line minutes. I mean, there are only so many places in the top nine. Lawton will maybe be the best fourth-liner in the league. Who knows? But if you have better players ahead of him, it doesn't – why move him up if he's excelling in this role? I got to watch Slapshot again. Everyone should watch Slapshot all the time. Johnny rocked Mason for four points tonight. I don't doubt that. Ah, the days of bashing Braden Shen. Good times, good times. I like Braden Shen. I am a fan of Braden Shen. I think he's going to have a big year this year with St. Louis. I really do. Um, he was just kind of a, a – maybe not an expendable piece, but uh, – um, I don't know. You got two first-round picks for the guy. <laughs> like, 
Sometimes you just got to make the good business deal. And he made five million bucks. That's the other thing is you're paying him five million bucks and you're going to need that money. Because guess what? Proverov is going to need a deal at some point. They just gave Ghost the extension. You know, uh, Simmons' contract is up. You're going to have to make a decision on him after, uh, what, 2018-19, I believe. Let me look at that. Yeah, Simmons after next season. You're going to have to make an extension on him. You can't keep everybody in the salary cap league. So Braden Shen was the one to go. Bobby Ryan is not from Cherry Hill, New Jersey, Bill. Um, Bobby Ryan is his alias. He's from, like, the West Coast. He's not, he's not from here, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Flyers should def get Mike Trout. Oh, I fully believe. Mike Trout would contribute more than Dale Weiss. He absolutely would. Hextall will never trade picks. He loves them. He loves them now because they're stockpiling. Now they have their assets, and this is when you can move picks. He wouldn't do it a year or two ago. He wouldn't do it this year or before this draft that they just went through in 2017. But now you don't need them. Uh, you need some. You always need to be able to reload. You never want to be in that uh, where, you know, we have no one in the farm system kind of uh, kind of position, but he'll do it now, I believe, because, uh, you know, what do you need that many picks for if you can go out and get something to contribute? Don't be trading any of our top prospects. There's only so many spots. There's only so many spots. Any players out there who you would want Hextall to trade for? Uh, yeah, Nikita Kusharov, I would really love to go out and get him. Uh, you know, I, I think that would be a great trade. Just go out and get one of the best players in hockey, Tyler Sagan, another one. Uh, yeah, sure, just go out and get him. Um, you know, bring in Drew Doughty while you're at it, too. <laughs> you got to see what's available at the deadline. What else do we have here? We're over an hour, guys. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, it's a fun Saturday night. When the Flyers win, it's even better. Uh... All right. I think that's all the time we got for you tonight. Again, uh, thank you for joining me, the Flyers, with the big overtime win. Uh, they're, all the wins are big, and it's especially fun when I get to hang out with you and talk about them. Uh, I love the Flyers after dark stuff, of course. I always have a good time doing these videos. Uh, we're going to be back. I don't know who's doing post-game Tuesday. Could very well be me. Might be Kelly, might be Steph, might be Charlie. I do not know uh, if they want me to do it. Uh, I will absolutely come and hang out with you guys again on Tuesday night. But uh, that is all the time I have for you this evening. So uh, thanks for hanging out. Big win for the Flyers. And again, one more time, happy birthday, Stephanie Driver. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, Seems smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat 
from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>